Well, I guess we can safely say that things are starting to heat up in the NFL. As we have the uh, NFL Combine that's going on right now. A lot of things going on with that. Got teams that are scouting out potential prospects. And, you know, what everybody's got to realize is it's not just the people that you're going to draft. It's all the people that's after the draft. And, you know, for the Saints, they had a fantastic 2013 draft class. But they also had an even better undrafted class that brought in, you know, Kyrie Robinson, Tim Lolito, we had Josh Hill, a lot of these guys that have played, uh, the Rod Sweetings, Kevin Reddick, who we'll probably hear a lot of next year, Ryan Griffin. I mean, that was just an unbelievable undrafted class. So, again, it's it's not just who you draft these days. It's all the guys who don't get drafted. And, you know, there's been a lot of gems the Saints have found over the years that have worked well for them, you know, like Pierre Thomas, Lance Moore is undrafted. I mean, those guys – I think they did a little bit something with the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we can jump into a little bit of news for the week. Um, in case you didn't see, we are not going to tender Tom Johnson, who was a, uh, a pretty good find for our, the team. You know, he played in, in, in the Canadian Football Leagues, and a lot of teams had some outside interest to him until, you know, before he signed for the Saints, or with the Saints, excuse me. And the team decided that they're going to move on from him. Um, and for those who don't know, Tom Johnson, pretty much in my opinion, he was the guy behind Cam Jordan. Um, and we all know that Cam Jordan is just excelling so much. But what has the Saints shown? I mean, they, they have the talent. They have Glenn Foster there uh, on the other side. And then obviously they have still have Tyron Walker. But, I mean, for a guy like Cam Jordan, you're just not going to – really that role behind him there's no point in paying somebody a couple million dollars who's really not going to do much for you in that aspect so I mean it's a it's a good move and Johnson will have a chance to start for somebody I'm sure or at least playing a, a more prominent role um then the next thing we look at is uh Kenyon Coleman announced that he's retiring from football he's you know 34 he, he was really going to be one of those guys that was going to come into the Saints organization and kind of help with Rob Ryan's defense installing that 3-4 scheme. But, uh, you know, he, his injuries, which is kind of one of those common themes over the years, especially when players get a little older, they've got those injuries that just really do them in, if you will. And for Coleman, that was one of them. Um, and so, unfortunately, one to never get to see him as a – Saint playing on the field, but he's had a great career, and obviously, like we do with many of the players that leave the Saints, we wish him well. Then the Saints also uh, reports from the Advocate had showed that the team was eyeing Robert Meacham to return to the Saints, which I know can make a lot of people happy. And I know a lot of people are kind of have a mixed emotions on Robert Meacham. Um, now, why? I, I guess because most people are expecting the big plays or most of the receiver uh, dominance like you get from a Colston or a Jimmy Graham. But with Meacham, you, you get a lot of uh, different things. And I think Meacham is extremely underrated and maybe even underappreciated in what he contributes for the Saints. I mean, with the Chargers, I guess you could just wipe that as a, a – Maybe some type of destiny for Meacham. I mean, here's a guy who's doing well for the Saints, and, you know, he left to go to the Chargers, and he got a really big payday, and, 
you know, I guess whether he just didn't click with the offensive scheme or maybe it was, it was Rivers, that just didn't work out for him. And, and you know, he, he still ended up getting his paycheck this year and he came to the Saints. And I think it was just like old times in a way because Meacham had done – his stats weren't amazing by, you know, maybe fantasy football standards or not like league leading or team leading even at that point. But Meacham – had some very memorable plays for the Saints, and over the years he's had tons of memorable plays. I mean, we could, you know, easily think of Washington as that first play that might come to mind for us. But uh, with Meacham, his his value is really in the run blocking. And, I mean, if you look at a lot of the, the Saints packages and a lot of the plays – it's not Colston that lines up to do all the blocking on first down or in those tight situations. It was mostly Robert Meacham that did a lot of that. And while I don't think things are set in stone for Lance Moore yet, as far as if he's returning to the team or if he's, you know, and, and I say that because he is on the roster, so let me just preface that. But but Lance is, is $2.5 million roughly against the cap right now. And when you just look at it that, you know, I've said it before, and it's nothing against Lance Moore, but he's only a part-time receiver and for the Saints right now. And with a big focus being on Jimmy Graham, and you got Colston. Those are you two big ones. You know, Lance had the good year um, in 2012, but last year he just – remember this season it just passed, so he didn't really do too much for the Saints. And a guy like Kenny Stills came out and just out of nowhere and just really just elevated the, the, the passing attack for the Saints and – you know, if a team retains Joe Morgan, there'll be something there. And I still look for a guy like Andy Tanner to hopefully make this team this year. But um, I think if we can get Robert Meacham back, it would be a huge win for the Saints. Um, and it kind of would fit in with what they're accomplishing with Zach Streif, which is the next part of it. Um, they're starting talks in, in contracts with Zach Streif. And I know a lot of people out there don't really necessarily value a right tackle, but I say it makes sense because Streif is pretty versatile in running and pass blocking. I mean, his size is just unmatched by many people. And he just, he's a, a somebody on the team that, you know, if we can afford him, which again, it's going to cost. A good bit, and don't think that Streif is going to come for a cheap price tag, but uh, he's somebody who is, adds value, obviously, and maybe it's a, a a a move where people are looking at, or the Saints organization is looking at. Well, Meacham and Streif, I mean, those are two key pieces of the the Saints offensive line there. And I say Meacham because again, I just talked about the rushing. Uh, plays and stuff, and Meacham isn't on those, but Streif back, and, you know, I just see that as a as a kind of a, a building block, if you will, and it probably doesn't mean good things for De La Puente. Um, Saints could look at the draft, but I just don't see us keeping both of them. We're not going to keep Streif and De La Puente. One of them's going to go, and that's just how this history is with the Saints in all their offensive linemen. That's just how it's been. You look at what's happened to Bushrod, uh, Carl Nix, uh, Jamal Brown, although we know we're happy to get rid of him, but Jonathan Goodwin, uh, guys like that we just lost over the years. They're just so good and key pieces. But, 
you know, they'll be okay on that aspect. Um, then we look at some of the interesting news, and this is kind of, I guess, I don't want to say the drama, but maybe it's a, a, another telltale sign, and it kind of puzzles me too, but it, the, the Saints reportedly brought in, and they were talking to the top draft uh, prospects that are due to kind of go in that first or second round, and so a lot of people are talking that the Saints could look at a, a Derek Carr out of Fresno State or Zach Mettenberger out of LSU or A.J. McCarron out of Bama or even Teddy Bridgewater in Louisville. Maybe he's more of a uh, undrafted type. But I think we already have the answer with Ryan Griffin. And I guess the, the, the thought process is let's get somebody on board who's going to learn from the best, kind of like what happened with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and maybe that's what they're looking at, but I don't think they're giving Griffin a, a, a good chance. People don't know who Ryan Griffin is in the NFL. I mean, sure, you know about him, but, you know, when you think about it, I mean, Tulane's a respectable program, but, and, a, you know, you got guys like Matt Forte who came out of Tulane. Uh, it's just, just it baffles me because Griffin could be the future of the team, and I know that even there was there's talks that uh, Chase Daniel might be getting the axe out in in Kansas City as fast as he got brought on to the team. So maybe it's a guy like him that ends up coming back too. Um, but overall, that kind of was a little bit shocking to me to read that the Saints could be doing that, and you know, especially with Breeze talking about restructuring his contract to make room for Jimmy Graham, and we all know that puzzle piece. But I I, I haven't seen much from Drew Brees to suggest that he's really slowing down. Now, I don't think he's going to play till 42 or 40, whatever, you know, Brett Favre ended up finally hanging up at that age. But, uh, you know, it, I guess it's a sign of things to come. And I, I, I just think, again, going back to the Ryan Griffin thing, there's a reason why they didn't let the Rams or any other team sign him off the practice squad. Um, and if you guys don't remember that, you know, there, he was a target, and anybody that's on the practice squad, a team can go out there and sign to an active roster. And that's kind of what happened with us and Chris Williams, for those who kind of followed his story and read my articles. Um, but he was signed by the Bears to their active roster. So Griffin, I think we get a good bid out of him. And I think with uh, Mike New coming back on, on board with the Saints as the quarterback's coach, I think it's going to be great for Ryan Griffin. Um, but we'll see. Speaking of the draft, I mean, it's been crazy to watch a lot of these things go on. I mean, it, it's, it's good to see, you know, like local talent, you know, and I'm talking about like Odell Beckham Jr. And, uh, guys like that saying, Oh, I'd love to play for the saints. And in a dream world, I, I wish Beckham would even fall to us, but I don't see him making it that high or my, excuse me, going that low. Um, but, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see that these guys are coming out and saying, oh, I want to play for this team. I want to be that. I mean, of course, who wouldn't want to play for the Saints? Saints are a great organization, respectable, and there's a lot of things that you have to offer for them. Um, but as far as the priorities for the Saints in that first round, you know, at that 27th pick, there's a lot of things that could end up happening. We could, you know, if we want to see something enough, we could trade up. We could trade back and not have a first round draft pick um or we can just actually take somebody we need and i think a lot of that's going to dictate 
or be dictated by how free agency ends up going. Um, you know, I don't see us signing much of anything uh, in terms of talent, like big name talent that is. But with the draft, I mean, you assume you're locking up Jimmy Graham, obviously, depending on how that goes. If they get Streif, then you're really strapped for cash. So what's the next priority? I mean, you might have to look in the secondary because um, Keenan Lewis is, and I kind of talked about this last week, right? You know, the secondary is pretty thin right now. Um, I think that's a huge priority. I think linebacker is another priority because, uh, you know, uh, the whole point of running a 3-4 scheme is you have four linebackers and you got several that are staples in there. But, you know, as we saw last year, Butler went down with an injury and then we had to bring in Harrelson and then, which Harrelson did a fantastic job. But after that, when Harrelson went down, you know, it just, it, it just kind of crippled the saints and, you know, Marshawn Lynch ran all over us in that playoff game. But, uh, I think we have a lot of useful talent that's, that's going to end up evolving there. Um, I still think the offensive line is probably going to be the easiest priority for us and, you know, they could even target a wide receiver potentially, but I just I know with a lot of people that say stuff like that, I guess they forget about the other guys. Um, you know, and what I mean by that is, okay, wide receiver. You think of Colston, you think of Lance Moore, you know who Kenny Stills is. And that's kind of where you're at, but people forget about Joe Morgan, who's supposed to come back from the injury. But the Saints, again, obviously they haven't signed him. Uh and then you've got the guy like Andy Tanner, who's, again, I just think this is his year. And if not, then I hope somebody picks him up because he's earned some chance to play for the team. I mean, I, I just it's, it just baffles me. He's not on the roster right now and playing somewhere. Um, and then Nick Toon has a ton to prove. But that doesn't mean the Saints won't use a draft pick on it. I mean, they were super fortunate with what they got with Vicaro last year and I thought that was a fantastic pick. I defended it the moment it was done. Um maybe it's another person in the secondary like that who's gonna compliment Vicaro and suddenly you're gonna have these two amazing safeties uh, or these this amazing secondary. But as far as it goes, I'd I'd peg my top three as an offensive tackle, uh or just somebody on the offensive line obviously. Not necessarily a tackle tackle or center. Uh, guards are pretty set, obviously, um, with Jari Evans and Big Grubbs. And then looking in at secondary and probably linebacker. All right, so we'll go ahead and get to some of the mailbag questions I have for this week. Let's see, I have Mary in Mandeville. Thank you, Mary. Uh, who would Saints potentially target, or what would they get in free agency? Well... That's a little bit difficult to answer because of their uh, lack of funds, I guess, if you will. I mean, you know, the, the report that came out today from uh, ESPN's John Clayton said that Saints' salary cap was supposed to, I'm sorry, excuse me, NFL salary cap was going to go up to $132 million, not the previous figure we talked. So Saints get about $2 million extra, so that means they're about $7 million under the cap. And again, like I said before, like last week, Jimmy Graham's going to command easily six to seven million dollars, and the problem is if they're not going to be able to work out a contract, 
then his franchise tag potentially is going to carry something that's going to, you know, again, hurt the Saints more than it's going to help them. Um, as far as it goes, their they're bargain, they have to get somebody that's a bargain in free agency for it to work. Um, you know, if we could get another player like Keenan Lewis, who's maybe a bit undervalued and in the prime of his career, that'd be the best case scenario. And, you know, when you look at the free agency pool, which is a lot of them, um, there's a potential to find that person in free agency. Um, and I know guys like Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, Rob Ryan, they probably all talked about it. They might have a, a, a big board of who might we potentially get, but I think a lot of the focus is going to uh, going to center around keeping some of those key pieces and then seeing what they have left over. Um, you know, speaking of free agency, the Philadelphia Inquirer actually talked about targeting uh, the Eagles targeting Malcolm Jenkins as a potential bring in. And, you know, that's, that's going to be a, a real possibility. I mean, Jenkins is going to hit the open market if the saints don't lock him up before. Um, but I think Jenkins is definitely going to find somewhere to play. That's for sure. And he's going to be one of those guys that potentially might not be back with the Saints because they just don't have the cash to afford it. Well, I want to thank everybody again for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, I want to leave you with a couple of things. First of all, look for a couple of pretty exciting articles to come out this week. Uh, One of them is going to be about the uh, potential... Well, I don't want to say too much, but it's going to be about... Draft-related for the Saints, uh, maybe a few of the not-so-much players we've had over the years in in Sean Payton's era. Uh, And then, obviously, I think the most exciting news is we'll have an interview in the next few weeks with Thomas Morstead, Saints punter, and I'm sure everybody knows him. And, you know, I look forward to that because we're going to talk a lot about his foundation of what you give will grow. And I think that's been my favorite thing to do with players is contact them and talk to them about the stuff that most people don't see the off the field stuff that makes me happy I guess for whatever reason um not necessarily just a hey let's talk about football you know let's talk about stuff that you do that a lot of people don't see and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why the Saints love or the players are so loved in the in the community is because of what they do It's not just about what they do on the field. As always, you guys can check us out on Twitter at WhoDatDish. You can always go on our website, obviously, WhoDatDish.com. Be sure to click on the All Things Offseason tab as we keep you updated with all the information, late-breaking things that are happening, Um, and then there's the Offseason Player Tracker, obviously. And then if you have any questions or suggestions, comments, if you want to be featured on our mailbag, hit us up at whodatdishfs at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.